0: You're listening to the Attract and Stand Out podcast created for ambitious, heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to build real relationships, influence others, and make an impact with everyone they meet. I'm your host, Darlene Holly, and I'm a mom of four, a wife, a storyteller, dream builder, and a personal branding and business coach. On the show, you'll hear real conversations about what it means to run your own business, what success actually looks like, and how you can overcome obstacles that get in your way. We're growing businesses with less hustle and more ease, transforming your mindset and inspiring you to get moving and to follow your dreams. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey friends, welcome back. Are you ready to create a profitable service-based personal brand and business? Download my brand new workbook and you'll learn my signature six-step process to create a successful business with less hustle and more ease. It's got easy action steps ready to implement into your business immediately so that you can start creating a business that you love. Head over to bit.ly backslash attract and stand out online to download your workbook today. Hello everybody. Welcome back to the Attract and Stand Out podcast. I'm your host, Darlene Holly, and I know you're in for a treat today because I have my amazing friend, Rowena Van Gelder with me. She is a clubhouse strategist, if I can say that word today, and a leadership coach. And she is rocking it in the clubhouse world. Um, I am so excited to have you here, Rowena. Welcome.
1: Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. This is just like clubhouse, but with video
0: right? Sorry. I know. It's like, that's to chit chat and do the audio, but we actually can see each other, which I, I kind of miss on the cl- clubhouse side. Like sometimes I'm like, but I want to see people and see like what their like reaction is sometimes on clubhouse. Cause sometimes there's some like fun heated conversations. <laughs> and I'm like, I wonder what they are like actually thinking right now, or if they're like, You could tell sometimes people are driving or they're in their kitchen doing stuff and like they're multitasking so it's super fascinating
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i agree i agree well i actually met up with a few people yesterday from clubhouse so i actually did meet people in person um yeah so that's a different story um but thank you for having me this is awesome
0: Yeah. yeah i'm so excited to have you here and just really lean in and hear your story of how you came into leadership coaching and like clubhouse strategy and those different pieces. But before we dive too far into your story, I've really been enjoying just kind of asking like, how are you um, at the beginning of these conversations and like really just checking in and seeing how things are going. I know we're a year and who knows what now into like this new normal of our lives and so many things have changed. So let's just check in for a minute. How How are things been for you?
1: Ah, uh, that's a good question. Okay, so. 20, March, 2020, when COVID hit, like everyone else, won't lie, it was bumpy. It was, I was finishing a contract role in corporate um, and it was a bumpy ride because it's like, well, when's, when am I going to pick up my next job? Um, I've got two kids. And so, of course, all the fears started to come in. Um, And then the silver lining happened, right? And then basically I landed a consulting job during COVID, and when you're walking in those seasons, um, you don't necessarily understand it until you come out of it. Yeah. And so obviously just, just taking it day by day like everyone else. And a year after, so fast forward all that, a year after I can say I, I like it's amazing. Um, it's amazing because I now get to work from home um, indefinitely just as part of my corporate gig. And I never thought that was going to be a possibility um, because I, w- I was always in the office nine to five, um, you know, and you had to be there and be the early one in and the late one out. And now I get to work remotely and it's an indefinite thing. And so being a mom, running my own side business, running my corporate business, it's, it's, um, it's a lot. Um. So, so yeah, so we're on, I'm on the up and up now.
0: Yeah. I love that. And you're so right. Like for so long, so many of us, like my background is retail management. And so I was, I had to be at work to work right. my career like that was what I had to do I had to show up I had to be there I had to be there for long hours and I opened my clothes I didn't know whether I had slept or not half the time Right. <laughs> and it's so nice I feel like for so many people in like the corporate America corporate any world these days like where Corporations are like, oh, like we can actually let our people work from home and they're more productive and they're happier and they're not sitting in traffic for two hours a day trying to get to and from the office. And it's like so many corporations who were so afraid to let their employees even do like one day a week at home have been, you know, catapulted (laughs) out into letting them do this full time. And it's like it's changing so many people's lives they are able to really like lean into who they are and show up in a better light. And even the schools I know here in California, like they're, they were afraid to do virtual or to do homeschooling or virtual homeschooling type things. And I know for like the next year, even though classes will go back to normal and you can go on campus, they're opening the doors to people, the kids that wanna be homeschooled right. to actually be in that type of environment. And so, so many beautiful things have come out of this time. There's been devastation and heartbreak and so many, so much loss. But I think it's definitely changed our culture and changed the environment that people are like the, the, the new normal is like going to be so much better. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I totally, I totally agree. And like, if you think about the millennials, right. It's so fascinating. Like look at the generations, you know, the X, Y boomers, all that stuff. And then you look at the millennials and it's fascinating because the millennials are actually 30 years of age and forties, right. We think of them as the young like 18-year-olds and 20-year-olds. They're not. They've grown up. <laughs> they've grown up, right? They're actually 30 and 40 year olds um, in the corporate world. And so it's interesting because in Australia, before COVID, Australia was culture a little different. And so we had, I guess, probably more work-life, I don't want to say work-life balance, we had more work-life integration. There's like a, a probably a better appreciation of you know leisure and family time. Yeah. And so to go from that to then go to corporate America. And I was like, whoa, what? Like, we're going to get two weeks of leave PTO here? Like, huh? And you don't want me to take that in the block? Because in Australia, I would just take four weeks off in a block. Totally acceptable. Um, and so I had to kind of step back in time in corporate America. So back to what you're saying with COVID, yeah, it changes everything. Um, it has changed the way we think. I feel like we're so much like we're just more creative now, disruptive innovation Um, is there and we get to be creative now and the millennials are kind of like, yay, Um, it's time to change.
0: They've been like, we've been prepping for this forever. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. They, they, like the whole world is like, oh, like you're onto something here. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) So I, yeah, I think it's, I think it's exciting. Totally exciting.
0: Yeah. And I love that you mentioned that too, like about Australia, because you're so right. Other countries are so much, I don't know if better is the right word, but like they've really taken into consideration people's lives and like that harmony of family and work. And for some reason, America, like when I was in retail management, like I was afraid to take time off because I yeah. was afraid that something would go wrong while I wasn't there. Or I was made to feel like, oh, well you can't go on that vacation because we have a district walk or we have this coming up or this is going on. And that was like the, reason, the main reason I left. Like I loved my job. I loved what I did and the people I got to support and help. But I was like, I can't be a part of this forever. Like, I'm like, I need like me time. I need to reset or recharge and like have some of that stuff available to me. And I did, I was never gonna get it in that culture. And so- Absolutely,
1: absolutely, yep everything you're saying.
0: And then I'm like, all right, so how do I do this? Like, how do I start my own business so I can have that freedom and flexibility? And thank God I made it like 14 years later. Like I'm (laughs) still in business and doing what I love and able to have that freedom because I wasn't, I didn't get it. Like my, my oldest son, it was just me and him back then. And man, it was hard being a single mom and trying to like be a great mom and be a great worker and like do all the things. And I'm like, oh, like, the, like you can have it all. It just doesn't have to feel like stressful and ugly <laughs> like I was made to feel back then.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's a lot of reasons. I think a lot of the times, a lot of people leave corporate for that reason. Yeah. Freedom, freedom of choice, doing meaningful work that you want to do and are passionate about, and then having the freedom to, in terms of time, to do that. So do what you love, when you want, where you want, um, yeah, yeah. A lot, I say a lot of people live in the corporate world for that freedom of flexibility.
0: Exactly. Most of the clients that I work with are like, all right, like how do I make good money and not have to work 60 plus hours a week? And I'm like, okay, I got you. <laughs> we got this. Because most of my clients work 30 hours a week or less and they are still making great money. They're still doing the work that they love. They're joyful and living out like their purpose in life. And I'm like, that's like, that's the key to success right there, right? Is like having the ability to choose, you know, this week I'm gonna work a lot, next week I'm going on vacation or looking at your calendar some days and going, you know what, I just need a day. I just need a day for me. And it's like, is this the day that I can do it? And you're like, yep, I can. <laughs> like, We're gonna move a couple things around and make it happen. Yay, you know,
1: I'm so happy for you. That's great.
0: So I want to hear a little bit about your story and your journey into entrepreneurship. So I know that you're still working in corporate and then you are, you have an amazing business on this. I don't even want to call it on this. Like, I hate that word side hustle because I I guess it's a side hustle, but like you have this amazing business Mm -hmm. that you are out there creating relationships and helping other people really step into who they are, as well as stepping into like the clubhouse platform Tell me a little bit about how that came to be, how you started this journey.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's, yeah. Okay. I'll try to be really brief because, you know, sometimes I can go on my tangents and you have to pull me up. <laughs> um, so, yes. So, I'm in corporate. Um, I have a HR background, 20 years in corporate. I won't bore you with those details. Um, but I, during my time in corporate Australia, um, I actually had an executive leadership coach. And to be honest, I didn't really understand what that was, right? Um, I knew about talent development, about leadership, and succession planning, blah, 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 blah. And then I got one and he literally, apart from your family, apart from your faith, he was probably the next person in line that changed everything. It changed my career path, um, just how I was thinking. And I literally, at that point in time, this is five years ago, I was like, right, how do i be you because the work that you were doing within me was transformational it was self-reflection self-awareness how do i be better and it just blew my mind so that's that was five years ago and so then we moved to atlanta and i was still i'm still in touch with him and i was like okay how do i be you because i need to now pivot from hr into executive coaching and he was like okay i'll you connected um so i went to conferences i got connected i became a certified coach um by icf and so i was like amazing so now i'm here and like through that program it was a two-year journey of going through that program so more work on me going through the whole experience and then as part of that program that's when i was picking up private clients and so during that program that's when the leader's story was born right so i'm still in my day job here um, but it's a bridge job so i know that i'm pivoting into executive coaching Um, And in all my corporate roles, I tell them that, yes, I do HR and that's my background, but I specialise now in executive coaching. So I still, uh, as now I coach women inside corporate um, America, so senior directors and above. And, yes, we do HR strategy work. That's my HR consulting piece. And then we also do the deep internal work, um, behavioural assessments, and then working 12 months um, on their inner self and their life and leadership transition plan. So, um, so I, I do coaching inside the corporate world, and then as part of that, um, I then pick up clients um, under the leader story. And back to what you were saying, meant you know it's um, I love working with private clients because, as you said, I get to choose who I want to work with um, versus being given, well, this is the lost leader; you must work with this person, you know, um, and given the mandate, right? So um, with my private clients, I'm very selective. I call them the hungry hippos. The women who want to do more, who have big, you know, hairy, audacious goals, who want clarity, um, and so I have a handful of them, probably five. Um, I wouldn't go above five, just that so I can really work with them one on one, and to just get to, to get that big, hairy, audacious goal. So that's that's how that happened um, for leadership coaching. And then you know, you know, when they say, "Doesn't do you find the niche, or does the niche find you?" That topic or that saying? Yeah. Okay. So this is 2020, right? Like this is all 2020. We'd moved to America. I'm doing HR. I've got, you know, in-house um, coaching um, pieces and then Clubhouse came along. And so that um, that was December 28th, 2020. That's when I joined, right? Like so if you look at my bio, that's when I joined, end of the year. So really, um, I was kind of active January, 2021, right? So here I am now in Clubhouse. Someone has given me an invite. I was kind of like, what is this about? And I just kind of started playing around, and honestly, I can. I'm four months in now, five months in, and I feel like the niche has found me. So of course, what's Clubhouse? Clubhouse is only 12 months new, and I wasn't searching for it, Um, and I've got an invite, and now I love it, love it. So, um, so now we coach inside Clubhouse. So with my leadership coaching, we do rooms, we coach people live on stage. Um, just to help them through their blockers Uh, we answer leadership type questions and we just have different rooms and different topics about how to build your business how to get clarity how to work with imposter syndrome how do you deal with leadership um, challenges Um, and so these are the type of rooms that we run inside clubhouse
0: yeah I love that you shared that like the niche found you because can happen more often than we realize i know a lot of my clients like they start with one niche or they think they're doing one thing and then all of a sudden they realize they're attracting this specific type of person or this specific um group of people and they're like oh like this is who i'm this is who i'm meant to serve this is who i'm supposed to be working with and this is how i'm supposed to be showing up and it takes a little bit sometimes for us to like to catch on to it and like realize like oh this is my new niche and it starts with you, right? Like you get to pick who you want to work with, but then at the same time, you're going to also attract the right people to you and the right types of clients. And I love that like clubhouse, like it's brand new. People are still filling out. Like, I don't even know if at, at the time of this recording, I don't even know if people with like Samsung phones are even allowed to be on there yet. I don't think so. It's coming on. I know it's coming, but it's like one of those, like, oh, it's like a almost like a secret speakeasy (laughs) as clubhouse. And I know so many people are, you know, having really true authentic conversations and building relationships and getting clients and finding new ways to market themselves on there. And then I also know other people who are like, "Uh, I get into a room and I don't know what to do. How do I get on stage? Like there's so many people that have so many questions and different things like that. So I'm curious, how did you find the experience to like get to a point where you feel like, like I can teach this because you have done so well with it, right? Like what things do you, what secrets do you feel like, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm a kind of go personally outside of just as Rowena, I'm a very go with the flow kind of person, right? That's just me naturally. And so, so how do I start in Clubhouse? So I got this invite. I'm the kind of person that's like, Ooh, what does this do? I'll just dive in there um You know, and, and in the beginning, won't lie, I would open rooms, I'll go on stage, I'll say my piece. That was really fun. um And then I'm like, okay, well, I'll just try opening a room. That's cool. No one showed up, right? So I'm like, okay. And, it, and that happens several times, right? And so then, of course, you're disheartened and you're like, no one showed up, or maybe one person showed up and then they leave quickly and all this. So it was bumpy, as always. Um, but I couldn't stop thinking about the concept of coaching and doing live coaching on there. And so I opened up my rooms and or like wanted to come and it just like wasn't a thing, right? So, but I, I committed. I was committed. To, if I said to myself, I was going to do an hour, I held that space for an hour and I, I stuck in there. And then I was like, okay, what is this club business? Because now I'm starting to hear about clubs and this is before anyone could open a club. And so um, people are like, okay, you got to get into a club, yada, yada, yada. So now i'm like okay i'll get a club to sponsor me right so now i'm looking for coaches and coaches clubs and i'm now emailing people who had already um established their own clubs yeah and so that back then back then was 12 months ago right but back then 12 months ago you had to submit a request so the early adopters had their clubs already approved and they had followings and anyway so i started emailing all these people and saying hey can you like this is my room concept can you sponsor my room? Can you please sponsor my room? And I just emailed people. Um, and let's say I emailed 20 people, like 10 probably didn't respond, you know, no, um, pretty less like out of 20, probably like five responded. But I was super passionate and just kept emailing them. And then somehow um, I was on stage with a club owner. And basically we connected on LinkedIn and I was like, hey, I'm really passionate about doing life coaching. Do you think you can sponsor my room? And he was like, yes. I was like, fabulous. Let's go. And so he was super supportive. Um, you know, they have Coach's Corner is the club, super supportive. And basically I held my rooms and live coaching under his club. Um, and that's how I got started. And then I had a following, then I had confidence, and then I had friends um, that came on to help support me. And so like, we did this together. It was super, super fun. And that just gave us the energy to keep going. And then we were able, the app let everyone kind of open clubs, right? Now it's free for all. Um, off you go. And so basically, um, once that happened, we opened up our own club. And when I say we, it's not a me thing. Um, I have a partner called Neha. So she's my partner in crime. And so we're going on this journey together. So it wasn't just Rowena. Anyway, the day that they opened the clubs, Neha and I were just on the phone and we're like, hey, they just opened a club. Should we do this? Within like two seconds, we had the I Bet Creatures Club. Um, we had Facebook, our group just kind of like as a fun thing on a whim right? Was it meant to be a thing? Um, and we're like, Oh, it sounds fun. We love it. Let's just open up, see what happens. Um, and so here we are fast forward, all of that. We have probably 500 members on our Abbott Creatures Club and probably a few hundred on our Facebook group. Um, and then our LinkedIn group. And so again, it wasn't like we planned for these, like the two year, three year strategy planning. I feel like it's gone these days. Like we said with COVID, especially so many things are just happening so quickly. Um, so that's how like my clubhouse story is kind of like, wow, like it wasn't expecting this, but it's fun. Let's keep doing it.
0: Yeah. And I love that because some of the best things in business happen sporadically. Like sometimes we spend, and I'm a planner, like, and I still plan like all the time, but I definitely am open to like when opportunities come that I hadn't expected into my plan. And I'm like, okay, how can I like capitalize on this? How can I you know make a move now and not like oh i'm gonna wait and add it to my plan because it's not my plan because i think there's like that ability to have a really strong plan that you're working but also the flexibility that to go like there's an opportunity here how can yeah. i you know jump in on this and get it especially like while it's hot right now for clubhouse yeah. right because especially like five months ago a year ago like those early adapters like were able to make big changes and really get um, acclimated into clubhouse And really do big things and i've i know for myself i struggle sometimes with like finding the time to like get on clubhouse and like join conversations and rooms and the times that i have though i've had such like just even sometimes just listening like some of the rooms are so big it's like impossible to get pulled up on stage right but just listening to like how people are saying things and what they're talking about and like what like their stories and what matters to them and how they came to where they are like i'm like it's so inspiring it's like being at a little mini conference um and getting like a little boost of like live and in person conversation like you're a fly on the wall almost
1: <laughs> absolutely and like you know yeah I agree with everything you're saying and the fact that i'm a mom i'm in my pajamas like i actually did my hair and makeup today for you darlene but usually I feel like so awesome. I mean, usually that's why I love Clubhouse. And so, if you look at me, like, and my if you follow my social media platforms before 2020, I I probably wasn't active, right? Like, so like I I zero existence kind of, um, apart from just like my main stuff, like placeholders, like my LinkedIn profile. Honestly, you'll be able to see the transition between 2020 and 2021. Clubhouse now drives all my other social media platforms because it's easy. It's audio only. Um. And so I'm doing more lives now because of clubhouse. People want to talk about clubhouse. Um, But again, it started like, and it's still fun for me. Like as a working mom, like, as you said, like I can just pick it up five, 10 minutes. It's a drop in, drop out audio. No hard feelings. If you can't stay the whole hour, you just come and go as you please. Like that's what I love about it. But I agree with you. I think the large rooms, I go in there for just listening and learning. Um, But for me, I love the kind of like 15 to 20 people in a room. Because then, as you said, I feel like, I know you, I see the same people again. We, I, we're accountability buddies now. Um, we have the same interests. Um, we, we iron sharpens iron, so I learn from you, you learn from me. It. Yeah, it, community is there.
0: And the community, is a, it's a great place because like you said, like you, people are able to show up no matter what's going on. It doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm gonna be on video and I have to have my hair like most of us aren't wearing pants these days or at least cute pants. (laughs) We're maybe wearing something, but leggings or workout pants and we might have like our hair done, our makeup on, and a cute shirt on. But with the clubhouse, it just gives you that ability just to show up as you are and not have to worry about like what are people going to think like the judgment of like video or those different things? Absolutely. And we're busy and we're staying home all the time. And some days you just don't want to take a shower. <laughs>
1: so. Yes, absolutely. Yep.
0: What would you say has been like one of the biggest obstacles or challenges for you as you have started to grow this business?
1: The clubhouse business.
0: Or like, yeah, just your business in general.
1: The biggest challenges. Oh probably for me is to back to the client avatar to really understand their pain points still to this day, like uh, and to be able to speak to them um, and speak to the pain points. And so previous to um, Clubhouse, right? So women, senior directors and above, um, you know, the whole market research, the whole client avatar, what are your pain points using it in your language then like repeating that language and just like really doing that research on the client avatar. I think that for me has been the most challenging. Um, you know, and it still is because it's just like, I wanna use your words. I wanna understand, you have to poke and poke and poke and validate and poke around. Um, so that's been the challenge on that end. And then the same with Clubhouse, cause it's so new, we are all trying to figure it out together. Um, and so again, it's just understanding what do people want from it? What are their pain points? Um, and then testing the product to be like, does it deliver? Does it deliver? Does it deliver? Um, you know, and I think the selling piece for me, like it's always closing the sale. Like, you know, in, in coaching world, um, it's we are taught certain skills and a lot about questioning. And so then to sell, it's very much consulting and very much here's the process. And it's a totally different skill to then close the sale, ask for it, let's move on, you um, And so to put on those different skills has been like challenging because in my HR world, I've got to be empathetic and, um, you know, it's very client-led. And here I am in my business saying, not client-led. This is the process. This is the package. This is, and it's just a different feeling. Um, I'm getting more confident for sure, um, but it's definitely a skill set that it just, yeah, I mean, it didn't come naturally.
0: I love that you share that because so many of my clients come to me and that's, that's the biggest thing that we struggle with as entrepreneurs is like, we're really good at our craft. We know what we're doing, but figuring out like how to message to those people and really get them to lean in and understand exactly who we are and what we do and connect the dots for them, like on the journey process, like, Hey, you're over here right now and you want to be over here. Here's how I can connect you and kind of bridge that gap over is a huge piece of it. And it's about the messaging. It's how you introduce yourself and how you explain what it is that you do. And it's trial and error in the beginning. And be- like when you're first starting out, like you're like, I'll help everybody. And then all of a sudden you realize like, yeah, I'm actually really good at Clubhouse. And I'm like, got this niche now. And now I'm like changing how I'm marketing and messaging myself because now I have the ability to really hone in on this specific group of people and make an impact with them. And then connecting, but what, what, like, what keeps them up? My favorite question is like at two o'clock in the morning, if you can't sleep and you're the ideal client, like what keeps you up at two o'clock in the morning and why are you like the coach, the, the, the um, solution to that problem. And it's so powerful when you can connect the, those dots though and build that bridge together. And it's about meeting to like meeting them where they are. So often we think, Oh, well I'm the expert. And I know how to solve this problem and here's what you need to do. But our clients don't always know that we're the solution, that we're the expert, that we know how to solve that problem. Um, I think my favorite example of this is like a dating coach where you might have a client who they're, you know, they they think they have a horrible dating profile and you're telling people like, I'm going to help you find your soulmate and like, you know, find the love of your life and like, you'll have a perfect life or whatever. Like, like you have like that difference, but you're over here talking about the soulmate and the client's like, well, I just need to update my profile. So if that dating coach goes over and says, Hey, let me show you how to update your dating profile. And then they take them on the journey to find that soulmate. They can connect those dots so much easier where, but so many of the clients that I talked to are like, but find your soulmate and do this. And like, they don't ever like meet them where they are. So my best advice usually to clients is like meet them where the client is at. Like, like that's what you have to have that market research conversation and really dig in and say like, what's coming up for you? What problems are you having? What, what do you feel like the solution would be if you knew what the solution could be, right? <laughs> um, and have those conversations. And that's when you can connect those dots and really make that messaging stand out and really connect in that way.
1: Yeah. And yeah, great points. And like the other thing that I come to realize um, with a messaging piece is that a lot of people think that they'll be happy when they get to the destination. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be super happy when I get that promotion and what they often mistake it or confuse it uh, with is the feeling. So when I get that promotion, I'm going to feel like I have financial freedom. I'm going to feel like I am able to empower others and lead and, be my purpose, and so I've come to recognize that the messaging piece um, is also, and this is also where I'm not good at. I will admit, um, is in feelings. So to sell the feeling, so back to your dating example, yes, your soulmate is here, and we're going to try and get you to the outcome. But through this process, we're going to help you feel confident in yourself, and we're going to help you feel self-love. That you know, whatever step on that journey, you are going to be confident in your own truth and in yourself, and all that. Touchy-feely stuff, right? And that is kind of where I get challenged as well in the messaging because I want to sell the results and dream, um, but you know, I, I yeah, I really want to get better at selling the feeling of freedom, um, and happiness, and joy, and whatever the core values are that come with it.
0: Yeah, it's such a good point because those feelings, like that's where people really are connected, and mm-hmm. that's why, like sharing your story and your journey is so powerful when it comes to connecting with other people because they're like, oh, like you get me, like you might have a different story and it may not look exactly the same, but because of the feelings that they pull up based off of the story that you shared, like that's when they're like, oh, like Rowena gets me here. Like, this is what, I like, I need to talk to you more. And that's when that messaging pulls together is when you have that story piece and people and like most people think like, oh, well, my story is going to be different than everybody else's. Like, why should I share my story? And I'm like, no, that's why you do share your story because we're we're all different. We all have different, you know, life experiences, work experiences, you know, our teen years, our elementary years are all childhood is different, but it's, we can all find a connecting point when somebody's sharing their story though. Like, oh yeah, like my story is different, but I, I feel that, I connect with that. So I'm so glad that you brought that piece up because that feelings is so huge. That's what we connect on. That's like our soul yeah. is connecting.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's heart to heart, right? Versus head to head, you know? And we in creature world, we call it holographic thinking, which is to check with your head, check with your heart and check with your gut. And in corporate world, this is where I have to unwind myself. Um, in corporate world, you know, we think it, with our head, results, results, revenue, sales, blah, 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 you know, FTEs, headcount. Um, and it goes on with metrics. And so that's very much analytical headspace. Um, and then it's too woo-woo sometimes in the corporate world to go to, to come from a heart-centered space. Um, but you're right, super powerful. And that's why, I like, storytelling in the corporate world um, and TEDx, um, a lot of the corporates are doing TEDx um, storytelling techniques because they realize, but to your point, like, heart to heart connection um, is huge. And it's been proven now that better leaders are able to tell stories and are able to lead better and get the point across with stories. And so now it's become this huge thing um, in, in corporate world where it really is just basic human nature, right? Like that's what we were born to do. Yeah, um,
0: I feel like in corporate too, like everybody's in their head. And when you can lead from your heart and your gut, versus just your head like your head's important we need our head still <laughs> but like I'm all about like leading with your gut and your heart first and your head will follow like you'll have mm-hmm. comments and decisions you'll make, make good choices for yourself but too often we stay stuck in our head and we don't want listen to what the heart wants or what our, our gut's telling us and that's when like we make poor decisions we do things that aren't empathetic and like don't feel good for other people and we make those rough decisions and when you can like pull all three pieces together so powerful.
1: I love this topic. I love it.
0: Yeah. Um, what does success look like for you in your business? Like if you had to like give a definition to like your success, what would you say?
1: Oh, you know what? I love this question because that definition has definitely changed in time. So in in my twenties, I'm Asian, my parents are tiger parents. And so it was very much corporate career, earn a lot of money. Um, I'm in my 30s now, um, late 30s, and I have my kids of my own. And honestly, it's no longer defined by money. Um, It really is defined by fun and purposeful work. And so my clients would be like five to nine clients, and I call them the hungry hippos. But these are the people that bring joy and fun. Like it's effortless um, to work with these guys, right? And so it's like you know, just energy attracts like energy. And so it's just fun to work with these guys. Um, and so what does success look like? Three days a week, nine clients, um, kind of what you were saying before, you get to work, you get to choose when you want to work around your family schedule. Um, and so that that's what is important for me now. Um, and so I will be standing back my corporate job and they, they know about my side, I don't want to say side gig, but as you said, I have a nine to five and a five to nine is what I tell, um, you know, my, my nine to five job. And so they know about my five to nine and they know about my intention to, to go into a three day a week. Um, and so for me, that's what success is. I want to spend time at home, family and fun work, like purposeful, meaningful, fun work um, yeah. and choice. That's my biggest thing. Freedom of choice.
0: Yeah. I love that. And that's, it's so powerful when we realize that we have the freedom to choose how we want to show up each day and what that's yeah. going to actually look like. And like our parents didn't get it. Like <laughs> my parents were the same way. Like that when I, um, my mom had already passed when I um, started my business, but like all of my family members were like, what do you mean you're leaving retail management? Like you've got this successful career, you're making great money. Like it looked good from the outside, right? Like the resume looked great. And I, enjoyed it but I wasn't fulfilled by it and so I think it's a different shift because I know like as we're raising our children like I'm totally encouraging my kids to like find their passion like do work that they love if they want to work inside a company or something that's great as long as they love it but I'm also like giving them a little bit of the itch like well what if you started your own business what if you did your own thing what would that look like
1: yeah not
0: the settling because I think that so many people like generations in the past have like settled for so long like this is the generation that's like really stirring things up (laughs) And I totally agree
1: you know I totally agree and so like in Australia back to Australia we I used to work for farmers I was in a startup company and I worked with farmers and normally the farming world in agriculture they encourage a gap year so you go to high school you're 18 and then you take a gap year you travel around the world and then you and then at 19 20 you go to university right and for me that was so foreign because I was a city kid I was Chinese It was not an option you're going straight to uni like yeah all that stuff right and so back then I was kind of like what do you mean a gap year like I was I was judgmental right and I was like huh no don't waste a year you should be going to university blah 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 fast forward right like 20 years now I'm like to my kids like you know what travel the world like be being a global citizen and seeing different cultures and understanding that I feel like being worldly in this day and age is so important. Um, And, yeah, you're right. It's changed everything, um, you know, in terms of generational change. And I'm so open to it now. Like, follow your passion. Like, if you don't want to go to university, that's fine. As long as you're happy, you have to be able to support yourself. Okay, I'm going to draw that line. Um, But, yeah, I totally agree with you. Like, things have changed. um, And follow your heart, I think. You know, age and wisdom has taught us that. And so... now i I don't want to be that tiger mom um and i want to be encouraging and saying yeah we'll support you um so yeah i'm excited that your parenting techniques are like mine
0: yeah it's it's a beautiful thing when you can just be like follow your heart follow your passion like i i I wish i would have been told that younger, like I was a, I was a teen mom. I had my oldest son. I had like right after I graduated high school. So I kind of had that gap year. It was built in a little bit different. Like it wasn't like travel. It was like being pregnant and having a baby and like figuring out like what that was going to look like. But I learned so much about myself during that time frame, And that's what, that, that, that's all we can ask, right? It's like, how can you really like tap into who you are and connect? And I knew that I to do big things in this world. And I'm glad that I'm given the opportunity to do that. And I hope that my kids will do the thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, I love
1: that. I want to see a friend of your kids.
0: Yeah, I'll get you one. I'll send you one. <laughs> They're on my website, actually. DarleneHolly.com. <laughs> okay. Little- um, before we wrap things up, um, I love to do some rapid fire questions just to get to know my guests just a little bit better. You don't have to go to just whatever comes to mind. Um, What what does your morning routine
1: look like? Do you have a morning routine?
0: Are you one of those Uh, people
1: that has yes, yes, coffee, 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 lots of it. (laughs) Um, I have a K cup curing before I leave the house. Then I drop them off at school, and then I go to Dancing Goats, and then I get a cortado. Sometimes an extra shot, so that's like almost like one, two, and three shots. So yeah, yeah
0: gives you all the energy for the day right (laughs) i mean it's no
1: joke when you're a mom right because the kids are like wake up mom wake up mom at like four o'clock or whatever and just like whoa why are you guys here (laughs) go back to bed
0: (laughs) i love it um do you binge watch anything on tv right now are you somebody who likes to like christians
1: so, okay, I never watch TV, like just growing up, we weren't really allowed to watch TV, we had to play the piano, right? Um, so I don't generally watch TV, but with that said, I'm binge watching at the moment, The Crown.
0: Okay.
1: And have you, have you seen that?
0: I have not seen that one, but I have heard good things about it. So yeah. one of the nights I'm going to start it. I like, yeah. I like to like, once the kids go to sleep and my husband usually falls asleep before I do. Um, I'll watch like one show before I go to bed. So, my binging, like if I I can't watch like 10 episodes in one day, it's like one episode a night. And like I'll watch the like usually one show before I fall asleep. That's my binging. But um, there's so many good shows out right now. Like I'm enjoying like Netflix. Like I love that the shows are just not like the typical like daytime or nighttime normal TV type shows. Like they're just they have more depth to them and they're like deeper layers.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Have you watched Tiger King?
0: uh I've seen it my husband watched it and I saw a few episodes here and there I did not sit down and watch it no but I saw the highlights
1: (laughs) yeah so before the crown it was the tiger king and like it's like you know the bad car wreck that you kind of can't stop Stop looking at yeah so I have to confess I did that
0: yeah yeah and I and like those are like the real like I guess that's a reality type of show I don't know it's pretty, re- it's pretty real, right?
1: It's <laughs> yeah, they're,
0: they're fun to watch occasionally because she gets, gets sucked in and you're like, are people really this wild? Like, are they this crazy?
1: <laughs> yes. So
0: yeah, no, it's not just my family. There's other crazy families out there too. Good to know.
1: <laughs> oh, that's so fun. We should, we should do a watch party together.
0: Absolutely. Let's do it. <laughs> um, How do you like to recharge? Like when you need to reset and recharge and like get back into your groove, is there a place you like to go or anything that you like to do to reset?
1: Yep, Um, the coffee store. And it's just like me and myself and no one. The shower, like my 20 minutes, like my daily reset. I'm working, I have my 20 minute shower, then it's pajamas on and then it's just me time. So that's my transition. Um, But that's it, coffee at the coffee store. So Australia has such a coffee culture and it's very you know you go to the coffee store you kind of work from there you do you read your book um so that would be my recharge and honestly like time myself is the best thing um I can go for a walk I can go for a run but I just want time by myself and when you have a husband and two kids like that's all I want just be by myself
0: I have found during COVID um I've always taken hot baths like I love hot baths like that's kind of like my reset recharge but with not having the chance to leave the house very often. And like, we're, we're all, my husband leaves for work, but me and the kids are home, you know, all day long. And I don't always get that break. So I've taken to like 7.30 at night, like sneaking upstairs and drawing a hot bath, closing the door, just that like 20, 30 minutes. It's so helpful. I'm like, even, whether I'm reading a book or I'm listening to something, or if I'm just sitting there with like the lights off and like being like, it's so powerful just to find that 20 minutes. Like I never realized how much my soul craved like that little teeny bit of quiet time
1: oh absolutely and like do you have candles like i have candles everywhere
0: i have candles i have um, epsom salt with essential oils or bath bombs or you know all the things (laughs) yeah yeah every night's a little bit different depends on my mood like sometimes i'm like okay bath bomb and sometimes i'm like nope i need epsom salts and some essential oils in here
1: (laughs) yeah totally and then after that i put on like my perfume and like i know it's really weird because i'm going to bed but like i literally put on like perfume before i go to bed um so yeah because i'm just like it feels good like you've just had a bath you've had time you smell good
0: it's so. um those are like the ways that are like self-care like getting a manicure getting a pedicure taking a bath like they're like like the not self-care and self-care type things that everybody's talking about right now, like real self-care is like, you know, taking care of you and putting yourself first. And I think that those hot baths are such a like big piece of, for me, just taking care of me right now. Like giving myself permission that like, yeah, I could probably do more cleaning in the kitchen or I could do Mm -hmm. a little laundry or I could, you know, sit on the couch and watch something with the kids. But I'm like, no, I'm going to be selfish for a minute and it's not selfish, but like, I'm going to go do me time.
1: (laughs) yeah. Yep, absolutely. Good for you. Good for so, you.
0: Um, if you had to name one person, who would you say has been the biggest influencer in your life? Uh,
1: probably, apart from my executive coach, probably my husband. Um, just, yeah, I mean, encouraging, has changed perspective. Um, just different. He's American guys and what, you know, American's finest, right? Um, but just culturally, just different. Um, I don't know how to say that. Supportive, encouraging, my biggest cheerleader, um, challenging. I mean, he would challenge and he would just go to the nth degree to be like, let's go through, he's he's got a finance mind and I have a HR mind, right? And so we're like, poles apart. And so um, he's got a financial planning business so everything's numbers and I'm kind of like, wee wee. Um, So it's just great to learn from him as well. And just the guy, the masculine energy and female energy, like just how guys deal with things. Right. And so perspective where they're like, Oh no, this is what I'll be doing. And I'd be like, Oh no, you can't do that. And then I try it and I'm just like, wow, that's so good. Um, and so just little techniques like that where, yeah, I mean, I I would say Tony.
0: Yeah. I love that. And my last question for you today is, and I can't do it, but if I could give you a plane ticket and you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go and why?
1: back home, Australia. So we've been trying to get there, um, but with the whole COVID shut down. So yeah, so definitely, as soon as the borders open, the tickets, we're buying tickets for for all four of us to go home, so.
0: Go be with me, I'm sure you have a ton of family there and friends that you would just love to connect with.
1: yes, so my mom's there um, and I'm missing a few weddings this year. And so I'm like, oh, so we, yep, there'll be a huge celebration and we're taking a trip of, the, of Americans over there with us. So yeah. that's going to be
0: fun. That'll be awesome. I'll come with you. <laughs> it's actually on my bucket list to go to Australia. So <laughs>
1: 2022, we're doing it.
0: Let's do it. <laughs> awesome. Rowena, it's been so fun having you on the show. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be here and just show up and be you um i know people are going to want to connect with you where should where do you like to hang out besides club obviously clubhouse but where yeah else, you
1: know? <laughs> obviously clubhouse at your coach row, so just follow us there and then we have facebook group um and linkedin group and it's called clubhouse conversations and so much like this conversation which i loved um yeah they're free community groups so find your people find your moderators find your room topics um super supportive groups um So yeah, so find us there and then just DM me. Um, You can always go to Lead A Story, that's fine too, but Facebook is quick um, as is LinkedIn and I'm always kind of just running back on the chats.
0: Awesome, thank you so much, Rowena. It's been so fun having you here. Um, Any last thoughts before we end?
1: Uh, Yeah, my question for you.
0: (laughs) Oh, I get a question.
1: Yeah, you do. When are we going to do a room on Clubhouse?
0: Yeah, let's plan it. I'm all in girl, let's do it.
1: Yay. Okay. Okay. That's my last question, but this is so much fun. I have people me.
0: call my people and we'll get it on the calendar. <laughs>
1: okay. Done. Done, done, done.
0: I can't wait to come in and play with you. Um, I have, I, I've started a room on clubhouse. It is kind of like what you were sharing earlier, like where I'm in like that beginning stage where sometimes we have 10 people show up and then sometimes we have no one. Um, I co-host it with my friend, Christina Green, um, who I think you've met um, with me when we, I did a room with you, gosh, a couple of months ago now. Um, and it's the same thing. It's like, sometimes we have amazing conversations and then the next time it's like, nobody shows up and I'm like, all right, it's kind of awkward and weird in here. Like, how long do we stay? Um, so definitely working on my clubhouse game. Um, so yeah. I would love to play.
1: Yeah, so we will sponsor the room um, because now that we have a bigger following, they'll, you'll just get more visibility. Um, and then I've, I started to figure out which time's are best. So Friday, 9 a.m., is a pretty good time. And then um, Saturday nights and Wednesday nights about 8, 8.30. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, that would be so fun. Let's do a room.
1: Okay, great. Yay. <laughs> thank you so much.
0: Yeah, thank you Rowena so much for being here with me today and everybody else. Thank you so much for being, um, listening to the podcast and showing up with us each week. Um, I so appreciate you being here and we will see you next week. Go out there and make it happen and we will see you next week. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you love the show, leave a review and subscribe on whichever platform you're listening on. It would mean the world to me. As a special thank you, I want to offer you a free gift, my Uncover Your Niche workbook and video training that helps you become unforgettable to your audience. You can sign up at DarleneHolly.com. I look forward to seeing you all next week. In the meantime, have an amazing week and we will talk soon.